for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to the informational playground of Star Style. Be the star you are. Yes, in these times, we have to have a party at home. It's a party of one or two, as we're today, our California governor said we're not social distancing, they want physical distancing. So, I guess people were getting it wrong. They thought that, um, you know, they could still be a little bit social. So, it's physical distancing. Well, Be the Star You Are is brought to you um, by Be the Star You Are charity. And I am Cynthia Bryan. And I hope to give you information and seed and stimulate and support some space for some conversation because probably you'll be around the dinner table tonight together or if you're alone, alone. But you'll be there. So the miracle moment for today is from Oscar Wilde. I am always late on principle. My principle being that punctuality is the thief of time. And then just to go um, another one with Louis the third, seventh, no, Louis the, uh, what, what would this be? Louis the 18th of France said, punctuality is the politeness of kings. And why are we talking about punctuality? And that is because we're going to be talking about procrastination in our second segment today. And what maybe you don't know is there could be a genetic influence at work besides not just being organized or not being a planner. And it might have to do with dopamine. So we will be discussing that. And the Authors Guild just uh, released another study that the Authors Guild is the nation's largest and oldest nonprofit professional association for published writers and journalists. Um, And it is detailing the underlying social, economic, and technological factors that are contributing to the ongoing decline of author incomes. So just over the last 15, 20 years, incomes are going down, 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 down. And we will uh, dive into that. But in this segment, I am sure most of you are out there, you're feeling anxious about the coronavirus, the COVID-19, or maybe other events that are happening in your life. Because right now, uh, it's uh, the financial situation, the stock market has been up, it's been down and down and down, and then it bounces. But there are some steps you can take to alleviate your stress and anxiety. We just want you to step back a little bit and to breathe. Well, as um, right now, let me see, I'm looking at... I am looking at John Hopkins Center for Systems Science and Engineering. These are the global quick facts, the confirmed cases of coronavirus uh, so far is 417,966 that we're talking worldwide. Recovered 107,705, 
There's been 18,615 deaths. There are 292,000 active cases, and it is in 169 countries. And of course, when we look at these numbers, it scares us quite a bit. But the thing we have to remember is there's going to be higher numbers once testing gets a little bit more widespread. And uh, we just have to have hope because uh, we will emerge from this as long as we are obeying some of the rules. But our goal is to prevent panic and anxiety. So I have some steps that are going to keep you prepared and not panic. Now, of course, some levels of anxiety are normal because our worried minds they, um, this is, this is the way we were made, you know, it's that fight or flight syndrome and a little bit is good, but we don't want to turn into a panic mode. We've had millions of years of evolutions. Obviously our ancestors needed to survive in such a treacherous world. There were uh, big cats out there and, you know, there were big animals, but unfortunately evolution that's passed down through our brain has made us um, more anxious, given us more pain, and we, we tend to worry a bit more. So our human brain spends um, a, a large amount of the day ruminating, kind of like goats ruminate, and latching on to negativity. Then um, that becomes heightened in challenged times, like during the coronavirus epidemic. But what anxiety fosters is uh, it keeps us from being safe sometimes and we want to have prevention and we want to safeguard our behaviors so we have a wandering attention that leaves us vulnerable and when we're vulnerable then we'll get sick we'll get overloaded we'll get tired and just our organs and our bodies will become weaker we may lose sleep we may either lose weight, gain weight, or even get another illness. And um, obviously our minds are distracted. And there's just so many other things that happened. And the important thing to know is this isn't your fault. It isn't anybody's fault. It's just something that has happened here in our world. And this too shall pass. So Prevention is the only cure for anxiety, and there's really good news around that because we can have like a user's manual to avoid all those neural traps, and we can undo the brain's vulnerabilities. So it's not about removing the stressful situations. We're probably going to be in some stressful situations for a while, but we can improve on the protective resources that have a significant impact on our resilience. So here are a few tips. First one is probably really obvious. Let's focus on the positive. Although the news is mostly highlighting the deaths and the continued spread of the coronavirus, let's look at the positive side of things. There were a lot more people who were infected with it that made a full recovery. And that means that, you know, 90% of the people are recovering and are discharged. And maybe it's even higher than that number. So even though the global numbers that I just gave you as of today seem high, you know, people are recovering. So that is a that's a that is a positive. So we have to think about that. And it said 
to come in a mild form to most people and is severe in older people or those with serious chronic medical conditions like diabetes or lung disease or autoimmune diseases or heart disease. So for the majority of people, you probably have a mild case. And then if you are in the other group, the older people or uh, with a chronic medical condition, then it just behooves you to still think really positive and to take more steps to stay away from people. Keep that physical distance. The second thing you can do is control your emotions and your thoughts. So you can't control the situation that might be happening in right around you, but you can control how you react. It's back to that acting is reacting. So it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to it. So make sure that you look at the emotions that you're exhibiting and do your best not to confuse your feelings uh, with what is actually happening. Because remember that your thoughts and way of thinking can actually bring you down. It can maybe it can cause more anxiety and more stress. And that could actually lead to you getting sick and maybe not with the epidemic, but just getting sick. And there are ways to help you understand how to do this. So you just want to do some resilience training. And you know, some people are having a harder time of it than others. For me, I am perfectly happy Working from home, going to my office just once in a while when no one's there to pick up the mail, to check on things. Uh, I feel like I'm getting so much done. I, I'm really, really happy. <laughs> and uh, I'm able to get a lot of gardening done. I've been to just this morning before doing um, the radio show. I actually pulled 50 gallons. Think about that, gallons. And it might have even been more, but I was shoving them in of weeds from my hillside. So I'm getting, you know, getting the garden in shape. I've been getting all my wood piles together. I've been firescaping and cleaning out the creeks and cleaning out the berms. And it makes me feel great. And then in the evening, been able to do some reading and always watching a movie. And so it's it's actually been great. Now my husband on the other side on the other end of the spectrum. He's not doing so great with it. He's really concerned about the financial situation, the stock market. He does not like not going to work because he has to um, he he has to shelter in place as well. And so he still is going in to the office even though um, it's not open because he he just he he doesn't really know what to do with himself. Um, without having his business. So different people react in different ways. So, you know, you can control the way you think about it. So try to change it to a positive. Now, a third thing that's really important is to limit your media exposure. If you really just want to find out what's going on, go to the CDC or go to WHO, um, or maybe you would go to your local your local network, you know, like your local county, your local health department, if you're really concerned about your area. But if, when you just keep watching the news or listening to the dire things uh, from any news sources, whether it's television or radio or, or newspapers or online or video, your stress is going to increase because 
it's just going to escalate the anxiety that's happening around this. And then you pass that anxiety on to other people you talk to, you know, if you're FaceTiming them or talking on the phone, or if you have other family members in your home with you, you're going to get these catastrophic thoughts that will fuel their panic reactions as well. So limit your exposure to the media and make sure you're only following trusted sources. And it's important to note that 95% of our fear is psychologically based. So the reality is only there's only really about 5% to be feared. And that means that 95% of the anxiety that we create in our minds isn't really happening. So by knowing that the anxiety that you think is happening is not really happening, maybe you'll be able to relax a little bit more. Another tip is just to reduce your risk, and that will reduce your anxiety. So if 5% of the fear is based in reality, then you should embrace that amount and shouldn't feel embarrassed at all about taking precautions. So if you aren't feeling well, you should stay, you know, quarantine yourself, isolate yourself. Um, do what they say and, you know, wash your hands and don't touch your face. And uh, if you do have to go out in public, maybe wear gloves and wear a mask if you have one, or you can put a handkerchief over your face. I know that the aerosol or the droplets can hang in the air after somebody sneezes or breathes or coughs for up to three hours. It can stay for three or four days on metal and glass and plastic and cardboard. So, you know, if you just prepare, um, you're going to increase your resilience and that reduces your anxiety. Of course, uh, minimize any exposure to any groups or other people. So like when we're told physical distance, that is uh, means stay away, try to stay away. If you have to talk to somebody, just, you know, keep it more than six feet and you'll feel better. And then take care of yourself. And that will be a good resilience training for you. It's imperative to keep yourself healthy and add in resilience training to your daily routine to heighten your coping skills. Because by changing the way you think and increasing your resilience, you're going to uh, switch your brain mentality. You'll slow down. You'll take better care of yourself. And you're going to find happiness throughout this whole time. So you can increase your mental, your emotional, your physical, and your community um, resilience, which is really essential. So you have to step back from your screen, appreciate all the people, the beauty around you, be grateful, and keep your focus on the positive aspects of life uh, and just be prepared, and that's going to help your uh, coping skills. Now, some other ways, too, during these wild times is just how about thinking about and reflecting on what you're thankful for? And you might even want to write it down, and that's going to help build all that positive. Also, uh, if there are some problems or issues that you know are going to happen, you know, you're running out of toilet paper, just plan how you're going to deal with them. Seek mental support, or if you're really having a problem, you know, many physicians, um, therapists are actually doing online, um, uh, what do you call it, online 
interviews right now. Well, not really interviews, but uh, clinic times. So you could have a therapy session if you needed to. So you have to be proactive with that. So don't be afraid to call your doctor if you're really, really stressing about anything. And um, because maybe maybe you may need to ha- take some kind of medication or um, something like that. Also, stay active. When you, you know, when you uh, walk or work out, you're going to help yourself. Movement helps combat depression of all sorts. And stay engaged. Encourage yourself to um, read a book or paint a picture or turn on music and dance. Structure things into your week so that you have a plan of action. And make sure that you're eating well. You want to stay away from sugar and refined carbohydrates because that can contribute to you feeling blue. And try to avoid anything that's processed in general. Eat more fruits, vegetables, protein. You know, that Mediterranean diet, you know, nuts, avocados are always really good. Grocery stores are not low on food, so you don't have to hoard. You can get the things that you need. You don't have to buy a month's worth of milk or any of that. And stay in touch with people. You can do it by phone, by video. Um, you can you can do it by Zoom or Skype, you know, FaceTime them. Everybody does need some moral support. I've talked to quite a few people who live alone. They said they're getting really sick of their own company. And then you can start making plans for the future, even though you don't want to put a date on it. Like if you had to cancel travel plans, uh, but you still want to travel, go ahead and start making bucket lists. You can start looking things up. You can do your research and you can start making lists of things that are going to be fun. And don't feel defeated uh, by what is happening. It's so important that you realize this is this too will pass. This is just something that we're going through, that life is worth living, and you just need to address your feelings of anxiety. So the rest is going to take care of itself. Stay healthy, stay sane, be kind, be loving, and, you know, we'll be back in business. The stock market will come back. Everything that goes up comes down, and everything that goes down comes up. So there will be a rainbow at the end of this. So hang in there. Just hang in there. We are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're going to take a quick break and we'll talk about procrastination because this is not a time to procrastinate anything. We have a lot of time on our hands. Let's get stuff done. I'll be right back. Be the star you us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 
and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, if you want to have passion, purpose, and find all the possibilities in your life, the one thing that you cannot do is procrastinate. You know how that is like, do today what you think you'll do tomorrow. You want to do it now. Now, whether you live or work with a procrastinator, or maybe you're one yourself, the last thing you think that the chronic stallers need is another excuse. However, research might give procrastinators a little bit of a break, especially women, because they're finding out that 40% of the reason for stalling, rather than just knuckling down to tasks, actually might have to do with anatomy and with genes. Now, I don't buy this completely, but I'm going to bring you this research. So procrastinators always hear that well-known proverb, you know, again, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today, more times than they probably like. But what keeps procrastinators from getting things done might not be laziness, but actually cognitive flexibility. In other words, they're jumping from thought to thought to thought because they're so easily distracted. But there's research now that is finding clues for why and how this is happening. And to better understand, well, give you some background on procrastination and the brain. So there is a science behind procrastination. And one of the things that determines impulsivity is brain levels of the messenger chemical dopamine. Now, dopamine stimulates the part of the brain that's responsible for impulsive thoughts. And high levels of dopamine make it harder to focus on goals. And I have to get just a drink of water, so bear with me for a second. Because I was I put fennel in my tea today, and a piece of fennel just went down my throat. So I'm not procrastinating talking to you about procrastination. I just have to get a drink of water. So hold on, and I'm going to get that drink. All right. I've got it had a drink of water. So if you <laughs> if you get that tickle in your throat, make sure you that you don't put fennel in your water. It sure tastes good, but that it, uh, it's feathery. Now, so dopamine levels vary by the individual and they also um d- differ by gender. 
So the hormone estrogen stimulates the release of dopamine, and it also stimulates the brain cells, which are the neurons, that bind to the dopamine. And it's a well-known from studies going back at least 20 years that estrogen increases the number of neurons that are sensitive to dopamine. So both men and women have estrogen in their bodies. Women have it in higher amounts, and they have a slightly higher response to dopamine. But dopamine production is also controlled by a gene. So the higher expression variant of the gene causes the body to produce more dopamine. And if you have a lower expression, it causes the body to produce less dopamine. There was a, um, a study done in 2014 of uh, procrastination. This was from the University of Colorado at Boulder. And it comp compared fraternal twins with identical twins and found that both procrastination and impulsivity were about 46% and 49% respectively. And it was the result of inherited genetic traits. Now, because all twins share the same environment, but only identical twins share the same genes, comparing results between the two kinds of twins allowed researchers to calculate what could be attributed to environment versus to genes. So the procrastinating brain. So more recently, re researchers from Ruhr University in uh, Germany conducted a study, this was in 2018, that found an area of the brain involved with processing emotion and that was larger in people who scored high on a test for procrastination. So then the researchers started wondering whether this larger amygdala in procrastinators was linked to having the higher dopamine expression gene. So they conducted another study. And for the newest study, they took seven, uh, no, 278 healthy adults, ages 18 to 37, and divided them equally between men and women. They were asked to fill out questionnaire tests for procrastination. And the students also had gene tests to determine their type of dopamine expression gene. And the brain scans of their amygdala, I think it's A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A-S. I always say that wrong. So genetic testing found that 113 students had the lower expression gene. 163 students had the higher expression gene, evenly split between men and women. But what was interesting, they also found these results. For women, having the high expression gene was associated with significantly higher procrastination test score, about two points higher on a scale of 0 to 12. No difference in score was found for men with the higher expression gene. And the brain scans of both men and women with higher procrastination scores did confirm that they had bigger um, and as found in the earlier research, but that it wasn't linked to either variant of the dopamine expression gene. So there is a takeaway from this. And this is the first study to suggest that at least part of the reason some people are prone to procrastinate may have to do with genetics as well as anatomy. Now, the researchers suspect that the high dopamine expression that accounted for um, combined, you know, with the higher levels of estrogen in young women, 
accounted for that higher procrastination score. And it explains why the same effect wasn't seen in men. But the researchers are planning further research into the roles of estrogen and another chemical brain messenger controlled by the dopamine expression gene. And that might shed more light on what drives procrastination. But in the meantime, if you are a woman, to say that it's not your fault that you do everything at the last minute or late or never, um, it might not always be your fault. <laughs> but as with other conditions influenced by genetic tendencies, you cannot be a prisoner of your DNA. It has to take more effort for you to knuckle down and to get going. And it's not impossible to do. So when it comes to procrastination, I'm, I am not a procrastinator. I'm a person that I always do today what I can do today because I never know if tomorrow is going to come. And um, again, my husband's just the opposite. He likes to put things off. So I guess opposites attract sometimes. But it's always better if you don't procrastinate because what I have always learned about procrastination, it is just a delay of gratification. So if you are a procrastinator, remember that you are delaying any rewards that you could be accumulating right now by not doing what you can today. So whether it's genetics or whether it is a uh, chemical in your body, attempt to do whatever you can when the appropriate moment is. Now, blossoms and bouquets, if you've been, if you're in, uh, at least in California, in Northern California, not up in the Sierras, but if it's not snowing in your region, you'll probably notice that spring has sprung. And in the weeks since I've closed my Star Style uh, office to uh, shelter in place, um, my garden has actually been my refuge and my workplace. And although I won't be uh, coaching or consulting in person, I will be doing things via Skype or Zoom um, or by phone. So if you need assistance with something, you can uh, give a holler, go to um, send, shoot me an email, Cynthia at star-style.com. But as I was saying in the first segment, I've decided to reframe this crisis as a real positive time to rebalance and readjust and rejuvenate and to rest. So instead of rushing to cross items off my to-do list, I'm pacing myself. I'm enjoying this process and I'm really spending a lot of time outdoors in my garden, not on hikes and not in a park um, and not gathering with others. I am by myself. But I'm really enjoying weeding and sowing and planting and pruning and cleaning and repairing. The fruit trees in my orchard are just full of blooms, while spring flowering trees and shrubs are just triumphant in their abundance of pretty petals. It's been so much fun to stroll through the landscape shooting photos of the emerging rebirth and every day something new sprouts. So I'm so grateful to be able to witness Mother Nature in action. While it seems like the whole world might be falling apart, Mother Nature's still doing her thing. So um, I'm taking snips of branches in, uh, in, in bloom and flowers unfurling. I'm filling all of my indoor spaces with hope for a healthy future. So I have flowers everywhere in my office, in the kitchen, in the bedroom, in the bathrooms, in the family room. It's really great. Now, it's a terrific idea to experiment with creating some floral displays during any of these dark days. 
And whether you cut a few stems and add them to a whimsical vessel or decide to be more formal with your innovation, this is such an opportune moment to get your ingenuity fueled and fired. We do have it in our power to begin the world anew. So listen to and abide by the mandates of the experts. We may not be able to predict the course of what's happening, but we do have agency over our actions and reactions. And so I do have a plethora of ideas to keep you occupied, safe, happy, and healthy as we navigate this next um, few weeks together and apart. Because I want you to enjoy the blossoms, the bouquets, the, and, and all the color that's happening around you. So this is for people who want to garden, again, whether you have a pot or a plot, this is the time to get outside. Sow some seeds that are going to attract birds to your garden. Some suggestions include coneflower, um, anise, bachelor button, Mexican sunflower, cosmos, black-eyed Susan. Take photos of all the abundant flowering trees. Right now, you'll find tulip magnolias, crab apples, peach, plum, prune, cherry, pear, and apple all in bloom. Clean the debris from any berms or drainage ditches that might be around your house. And that can prevent flooding because there probably will be more rain in the next few weeks. The soil and leaves could be added to your compost pile, by the way. Pull weeds uh, while the ground is soft. And this is what I have been doing literally every single day that I've been in isolation because I do have a big uh, property and um, I live on a farm. So I'm trying to get the weeds and I'm taking them to the barnyard. And my animals, the goats and the pigs and the chickens, they are so happy to be eating them, sleeping on them. They've made beds with them. I mean, it's really fun. It's such a, it's, and, and they're composting them for me too. It's a, a circle of life. Um, again, as I said, uh, cut a branch or two from your favorite flowering tree or shrub. Uh, red buds are really beautiful right now. And there's both eastern and western red buds, and they're a pretty purple color. I mean, it look great in a vase. It's time to plan your vegetable garden for foods that you love most. And you can plant seeds of greens, and you can also plant beets and carrots and turnips right now. And introduce some plants into your space that make you smile. Like this last week, I planted seeds of sunflowers, sweet peas, nasturtiums, and purple hyacinth beans. Now, the purple hyacinth bean is supposed to climb on my fence. We'll see how it does. And it has this really pretty flower. And, of course, sunflowers always make you smile. And sweet peas, they smell so good. And nasturtiums, you can add them to your salads, and they taste delicious. Take a class online or watch a YouTube video with garden tips. If you really, if you don't know how to garden, or even if you do, there's plenty of information online. Then make teas and cocktails from herbs you grow, including mint and rosemary, sage and fennel. I make a different tea every day from different herbs. And since I have so much citrus that is ripe now, oranges, grapefruits, tangelos, tangerines, uh, limes, lemons, I always add citrus because that'll keep my immune system up. If you have house plants, this is a good time to repot them. 
walk around your garden and just admire the spring growth and just feel the gratitude for the fresh air and listen to the rustling of the leaves and the croaking of the frogs and the singing of the birds and, you know, look for lizards and, um, uh, if you have if you have a creek or a pond or anything near you, there are tadpoles out there. It's rather fun. I saw my first uh, garden snake yesterday as I was in the wood pile, and it was just doing its thing. It didn't scare me, but it was great. Um, gardening books. And you know, if you want to be inspired and motivated, uh, get a couple gardening books. And I would love to you to pick up any of the books I've written. Um, for gardening, I've written Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul and Growing with a Goddess Gardener. And also in my Be the Star You Are series as a trilogy, there are lots and lots of farm and garden stories. You can find those at CynthiaBryan.com and just click on the store. Inhale the perfume of fragrant plants. Roses have started blooming now. The fruit blossoms are delightful. And, of course, there are so many bulbs like the freesias and some of the narcissi that are still blooming that are just smell so great. Lower your stress by strolling alone in the outdoors amongst trees or on a trail, as long, of, of course, as you are keeping that safe distance. And with that in mind, I was just reading about Los Angeles, how now, of course, all California beaches and parks and even hiking trails are now closed. Because people were going out in mass and having big gatherings out on these trails. They were trying to get exercise, but, you know, they were together, so that wasn't good. Uh, meditate. You know, when you meditate in your garden or on your balcony, on a patio or a porch, you're going to feel so much better because you'll be able to be out in nature and the fresh air. You know, get up and watch the sunrise or watch a sunset. Um Nourish your spirit by sitting by a fountain or a pond or a creek or, you know, wherever you have some running water. Exercise includes all gardening chores. So remember that raking, sweeping, weeding, lifting, pruning, planting, digging, fertilizing, chopping wood. Work out outside. It's good. And then how about taking a nap? Take a nap. And if it's a warm day, maybe you can get your Z's outside. Uh, share your garden skills with your kids. Uh, let them, if you have kids at home, you know, this is a good time to get them outside and let them plant a few seeds of vegetables and herbs that they want to eat. Create a pizza garden. You know, let them plant things that they will take care of, and then they will make a pizza with them. It's time to fertilize lawns and fertilize gardens. And the many hardware stores are open, so you can get your things there. Of course, grow your own bouquets. You can create stunning arrangements with a variety of roses, stock, tulips, iris, calla lilies. Oh, mock orange is blooming now, and it smells so great. And be friendly by planting three or four types of native wildflowers to attract the honey gatherers, as well as pest-resistant varieties of flowers, shrubs, trees, and vegetables. And that way you're going to eliminate pesticides. Now, I've already sown, um, I, weeded, I told you I weeded off these hills. On my hills, I've already sown California poppies, lupins, bee balm, and morning glory. And I did a pink morning glory. And um, something that's been really fun is watching the blossoms in the breeze float to the ground like snowflakes. So all these blossoms, when the, when the wind blows, they blow off the trees. And it looks like it's snowing here. We don't usually get snow, but we do get snowflakes of blossoms, which I love. And then prepare your garden patches 
to sow seeds of potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, and eggplant. And make sure to rotate these crops for best production. You don't want to plant any of these in the same place every year. And um, finally, I just want you to stay positive and stay safe and stay healthy. And most of all, stay home. So happy gardening and happy growing. And we're going to take a break. So don't procrastinate. Think about what you're going to can do in your garden. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan most important needs of a human being is to be recognized and appreciated. In the business world, rewarding excellence reinforces desirable behavior and continued outstanding performance. Monetary bonuses are always great, but other non-monetary rewards are always welcomed as well. Some inexpensive but valuable ways to recognize employees include writing personal thank you notes, sending a note to the family of the employee, thanking them for the contributions of their family member, or to highlight team achievements, consider creating an achievement board where photos and certificates can be posted for everyone to see. Publicly recognizing the performances of individuals who have preferred compelling projects for the company is especially important. Have a special day of treats for everyone to enjoy in honor of the completion of a job well done. A pat on the back and a sincere thank you go a long way in making an employee feel valued. And of course, a bonus is always great too. (laughs) Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. And if you'd like a consultation, email Cynthia, Cynthia at star-style.com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. 
Well, we're back. I'm glad that you're still with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live. It's the Voice American Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel. Well, the Authors Guild, which is the largest uh, and oldest nonprofit for professionals of uh, published writers for authors in the United States and also journalists, uh, just issued a report And it was called The Profession of the Author in the 21st Century. And what it did is it detailed the underlying social, economic, and technological factors that are contributing to the ongoing decline of author incomes. And it was really, really disconcerting because it is very, very true. Um, I published my first book in 2001. Well, I had published a book. Uh, before that, but I never really considered it uh, major publishing. But anyway, I published through traditional publishers in 2001. And the amount of money that we have made, and I've made, I've published eight books since 2001, um, it just keeps going down and down. And so what they are saying is that for much of literary history, only the most privileged, those with wealth and leisure and education, could even hope to publish. Now, the 20th century created laws and practices that allowed many American writers to earn a living. And as a result, there was an explosion of important books that were published by women, by authors of color, and by others that were once shut out of authorship because of financial need. And um, this report, and that actually that quote was by um, Dr. Christine Larson. She's the author of a report and an assistant professor of journalism at the University of Colorado. And she studies the impact of technology on media workers and on cultural industries. But anyway, the days of authors supporting themselves from writing is coming to an end. The changing economy of publishing today means that Reliable income and time, that's the metaphorical room for writing, are increasingly out of reach for many authors. And I can speak to that for sure. When I first started writing, we were given, um, we were given advances. And what the advance was for was so that you would be able to spend time writing your book and still be able to eat. Now it's very, very difficult for to get an advance from any publisher unless you are a really, really famous person, a president of um, a country, you know, a king, a queen, or a movie star, or maybe a sports car, a sports car. Well, so what's happened is the changing economy of publishing means that reliable income and time, they it's we just don't have it and to compile her research what larson conducted she did interviews with book authors with publishing executives and with industry analysts and then she drew heavily on the most recent recent authors guild authors income survey and these are four of her uh, takeaways uh, that came from this commissioned report so What it says is that it is harder to make a living as an author now than at any time in the past. Writing incomes have dropped by 24% since 2013. And there's three major factors that account for the trend. Number one, 
fewer Americans read books than ever before because consumers are increasingly turning to their screens for news and for entertaining. And just 53% of Americans said they read a book for pleasure. And that was down from 57%. Now, Amazon has introduced the Kindle, as we know, along with online physical book buying. And that precipitated a devaluing of books overall. And while its current pricing practices eat into authors' advances and royalties. Also, that whole idea of getting a book for 99 cents, that is uh, really challenging because from that, the author's probably getting two cents. And you, you'd have to sell a lot of books in order to make a living. Now, the mass shuttering of more than 2,000 U.S. newspapers as well as the loss of print and online magazines and news sites, that has resulted in fewer opportunities for authors and journalists to supplement their book earnings with short stories or with essays or book reviews or other literary or critical content. And that's what happens usually with authors is they don't just write books, but they'll write for a journal or a magazine or a newspaper. So I don't only write books, I write for newspapers, I write online, I have blogs, you know, those are all different ways of earning income. Now, half of full-time authors earn less than the federal poverty level of $12,488. So half of full-time authors. So literary authors are the hardest hit. They are experiencing a 46% drop in their book-related income in just the last five years. And here's some other relevant data. 80% of all authors earn less than what most people would consider a living wage. Authorhood is not a conventional salary-paying career. Most authors patch together other forms of income. Some might teach. They may have a full-time day job. Um, they might be speakers or they, they might work in, you know, other gig economies. I know authors that are Uber drivers or Lyft drivers and more people are juggling multiple part-time jobs and contract work and they receive no employee benefits. Now, authors of color earn even half the medium income of white authors, and the gap seems to have grown in the past five years. So taken together with the fact that 85% of editors are white, this finding has troubling implications for equality of voice in book publishing. And authors are expected to do what publishers once did, market their books. And this is the biggest toll, I think. Authors spend a full day per week promoting their books, which takes them away from writing and results in longer stretches between new books being published and lean years for many writers. So when I first started my my book publishing career with traditional publishers where I got in advance, A part of the contract was that the publisher had a publicist. It was paid by the the publisher, and it usually lasted four to six months where they would publicize your book. Um, They would get you radio interviews, television interviews, newspaper interviews. They'd send, uh, send review copies out so you would get a review in the newspaper. Now, when you sign a contract for a book, it's up to the author to do all that. In fact, most publishers want an author to have what's called a platform. 
And that means that they already are on television or they already are on radio or they already are speakers. So you already have to have a built-in audience. This is why influencers, for example, today are able to get, um, they're able to, to get book deals and television deals because they already have a cadre of people that are following them. Now, self-publishing income is growing rapidly, but it still remains a small part compared to traditional publishing. Now, the medium income for self-published authors actually increased by 85% over the past four years, and that was led largely by the success of e-romance novels, and self-published authors are still earning 80% less than traditionally published authors, and part of that problem is that supply far outstrips demand. Uh, Balka reports that 1.68 million published book titles in 2018, 1.68 million self-published. That's up 40% from 2017. So what now? The report asserts that authors' income in the United States will continue to shrink even further unless lawmakers, publishers, content distributors, authors, literary advocates, and the public step in to stop the decline because um, anger, frustration, and sorrow are the three, three of the most common emotions expressed by authors that has been cited. But reading is also enforcing the importance that in order for us to be happy, we need to be able to read. Well, thanks for being great listeners, allowing me to be with you every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Network. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and you can change your life and make your dreams come true. To make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity, visit bethestarur.org. More information about Star Style, go to CynthiaBryan.com. Until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. Be safe, be smart, be home, and thank you for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.